you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Harry Morton. Welcome to the podcast, Harry. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Somewhere around the world, some people don't yet know who you are, but that's about to change. Would you mind giving a brief introduction about your background and so on? Absolutely. Be happy to. So, um, yeah, I'm Harry. I'm the founder of LowerStreet.co. We are a podcast production agency, um, and we help brands kind of um, grow their audience and, and build sort of standout podcasts. Um, we also help some larger organizations with internal communications um, using podcasts as a medium to sort of engage their employees remotely. Yep. And that's, uh, yeah, that's super interesting. And today we are going to talk a lot about the difference in managing sort of creative people, mm-hmm. which you work with and very much around yeah, how that's different. Obviously, a lot of online businesses tend to be a lot around data and process, sure. so very stringent processes and so on. But obviously, you're managing a little bit of a different team. So first off, like, how, how do you feel it's different managed creative people uh, compared to others? I guess? Yeah, I think there are a few key differences that I've kind of noticed. It's interesting because um, almost the entire team is, is sort of a creative lot of people but recently we've been um rebranding and completely really designing our website so i've been working really closely with a lot of developers and designers um and by that i mean sort of website designers so it's a very sort of different set of people and kind of seeing that contrast has been really really interesting um i've noticed that developers uh, and and kind of people on that side of things the engineer side are much much different in the way they communicate and by that <laughs> maybe it's not fair to tar them all with the same brush but but much less communicative it's much harder to get the information out of people that you want and understand where a project is at um, what i found with the creative team is that they're very very communicative that's you know that's that's what they like to do is talk to with other people and share ideas and, and all that kind of stuff um but that kind of aligning priorities is something that's really, really interesting and different with the creative team. Um, I think that uh, I, I personally come from both a creative background, but also a, a sales and, uh, and marketing background. So I was you know, pretty heavily in my, the early part of my career driven by money um, and by progress and by career development and so on. Um, that is, as I've found, much, much less important to creative people. They're much more interested in in kind of, the get, getting satisfaction from the work that they're doing, being proud of the work that they do, really just being able to do their best work is kind of the what I've I've learned is a lot of our team is, is kind of really focused on much more so than money, um, and sort of building a, a culture, but also building this sort of um, work that I can provide to them uh, that kind of allows them to fulfil that kind of creative side of things is, is has been really um, what has been important and really interesting. Uh, so that's the sort of the key difference, I think. Yeah, I, I love how you talk about the communication, right? So one, one of the things I talk a lot about from a management coaching perspective is learning how to communicate with different people. And mm-hmm. you, you said it exactly the right way. Uh, creative people love, generally love sitting down, talking with others and, you know, 
sharing okay. ideas. That the challenge with the likes of developers, they love communicating, but they're always doing in very long form, written, mm-hmm. and very detail oriented. So, right. Very often, when you want to communicate effectively with developers, you generally want to do it with a written medium rather than spoken, and that can be difficult for people sometimes, particularly for sure. creatives. Yeah, because that is generally not how they prefer to communicate. Right. Right. And, and and I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty good with with both forms. I don't mind either one. That I guess my frustration that I've experienced and with the developer side is is that, um, and and this is from my own experience. So I'm not I'm not putting yep. the responsibility on the developer here. But it's just yep. uh, getting that feedback is is something that I've had to work very hard to get. <laughs> you know. So yep. it's like you know. I think what we what we found is setting a regular cadence for meetings was much more effective than just sort of hoping that I would get an update for the at a certain time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But but the the other end of the spectrum, as we sort of touched on with the creatives, is that you know really what they crave is that kind of is that communication is that one-to-one um sort of FaceTime, basically um which is you know can be a lot more time intensive from a managerial kind of perspective so yeah that's kind of uh, an interesting contrast definitely and and that that is i mean it's funny because you know most people to tend to swing one way or the other yes and it's always funny when they have to work with someone who is very different than who they are mm-hmm. because it often becomes a Oh, why is this person like this? And you know, why why can they not just get it done? And why do I have to talk with them all the time? Or, right. or the opposite, where they're like, oh, why does he send me four page long emails? And <laughs> you know, how can I ever read that? And like, it, it's very interesting. But actually, in my training, I spend a lot of time going through this uh, mm-hmm. specifically with the disk model because it is one of those things. Particularly as a manager in the middle, uh, if you're managing. Sometimes if you're managing a marketing team, for example, you will have both creative people and you will have much right. more sort of detail-oriented people and so on. And, and being able to help those people communicate is, is very, very important, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and I, I think just, just being open to, to the different styles of each personality and as I kind of touched on at the beginning, the things that drive those individuals um, differently um, being being sort of sensitive to that, I suppose, being kind of empathetic to understanding what position they're in and what drives them and what's interesting to them, um, and and therefore which 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 medium they prefer to communicate in and so on has has been really really interesting to just to see the results that that, that has and 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 how much of a just a, a better more cohesive team we have as a result. Um, it's yep. definitely I will I will admit having a creative team and therefore spending a lot more time face to face. It does cost me more time. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it's inherent within the, the work that we do. It's a creative. Um, it's a creative thing that we do. So I want to be working with creative people that are that are really good at what what it is that they do. Um, and oh. so I'm just sort of trying to create systems and processes to to sort of make this a, a routine thing, so that I don't kind of neglect my duties and uh, and and we can make sure everyone's kind of performing at their best all the time. Yeah. And one one of the things that that tend to be a challenge sometimes with creative people is again they love sitting down talking and so on but very frequently they they struggle a bit with deadlines how have you found that actually i have to say i'm extremely lucky because i i can definitely see that i as a uh, as a creative leaning person am am uh, not the best with timelines which is which is awful because um actually i tend to be the one that's late for meetings and and not my team which is not setting a good example and i'm i'm constantly slapping myself on the wrist for that 
I, I will say I'm extremely lucky in that the people that work for me are very deadline um, conscious. And, and I would say that's really important for what we do in particular. You know, we're putting yeah. out, in our case, we're creating content for clients that has to go out on a specific day each week. And so we live and die as a company by those deadlines and making sure that we reach them for our clients. And so um, the team really understands that and it is, has been really consistent in, in hitting that. Um, I'm, I'm yet to find someone that, that we've worked with that, that hasn't been able to, uh, well, that's not true. Actually we have <laughs> along the way, we no longer work with those people, but, um, but yeah, so it's uh, I'm lucky, but I don't think that's necessarily the rule with creative people. Yeah, no, no, but uh, again, it makes sense. Right. And, and you want to, particularly with what you do, you want to find the, the right people that that have that skill set as well right because right. You, you don't want to be in a position where someone's weekly podcast is not getting published because you know someone didn't feel like it or was busy doing something else so exactly that's right yeah it's, and it's crazy. i think the, the the really interesting thing thing with with creatives from a, from a hiring perspective if i could sort of shift to that just slightly is that um the, the, the whole process of hiring has been really interesting and, and uh, understanding who makes a good hire up front. Um, what I've discovered actually is that because it is a creative role, it's much more important to hire for creativity, which is obviously incredibly hard to measure. But, uh, but, but that, that creative um, spark, that interest in what we're doing, that real passion for, for, for making um, is much, much more important than direct kind of industry experience um, is what I've learned. Um, which has been a really, really interesting learning because obviously, you know, a, a good, a capable creative person can obviously learn the specific in and ins and outs of a, of a, of a specific industry in our case, podcasting. Um, they can bring their knowledge they have from another medium to that. And we, and I can obviously work with them closely to develop those skills. Um, what we can't do is take someone that's, uh, as I found, we can't take someone that's like maybe very experienced in podcasting, but set in their ways or not particularly willing to sort of adapt to changing needs of different clients or, um, or, or just basically improve and, and better themselves, you know, to continue to learn, you know, those, those, those skills, the desire to learn and improve and, and the ability to be creative and adapt to different things has been just um, much, much more, uh, has resulted in a much more successful hire. Um, so that's, that's one lesson I've learned about creatives that I think was, was really interesting and not something I necessarily expected going in. I was thinking, okay, I need to get someone with years of experience in podcasting. Um, and, and that didn't actually work out. So. No, and I would say, I mean, I mean, I think it's said all the time, right. But, but generally attitude mentality and, and personality to some extent is, is much, much, much more important than the actual skill set, Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's different. If you obviously, if you need a doctor or a lawyer or a web developer or someone that have a extremely particular skill set that takes years to develop, mm -hmm. yes, you need them to have a certain level of that skill set, Right. But for majority of things that most business people do, uh, particularly in the online business world, like yeah. most things is learnable within a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is generally much, much, much more important having a great person yes. who can learn and develop than having someone coming with experience. Sometimes you can definitely benefit from finding a great person who also have experience. Mm -hmm. But my experience a lot of the time, exactly as you say, sometimes people who have done something for many, many years comes with a certain way of doing it or right. you know they, they use a tool that was popular 10 years ago and they they love that tool but they can't use the latest and greatest and you right. know sometimes that can be a challenge for a business but 
particularly, I like what you said around motivation as well, right? That's when, when I talk about personality, I also very much talk about uh, how you motivate different people because from, from a business owner perspective, it's easy to think that people are motivated by money. And reality mm-hmm. is so many people are not really. Like yes. obviously people need money on the table. They need to eat and so on. But for many people as example, you know, being in a great work environment with the right people is much more important than the ability to, for example, go and double their salary. Exactly. Um, and for some it's, I mean, particularly when you work with developers and so on, they tend to not care a lot about money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they love is, you know, if you give them a bonus instead, like buy them a bigger screen or, a, you know, sure. a new chair or something that actually makes them more effective and so on, they they actually appreciate that a lot more mm-hmm. uh, as long as they have their monetary need covered, right? Exactly, yep. Um, so, so that's, that's really interesting. And, and the thing is a lot of people don't know it themselves because what you will see in a lot of people when you, when you're asking them is they will tell you what everyone tells them. Mm-hmm. And very often they don't actually know themselves very well in terms of what actually motivates them because most people will tell you money is the main motivator. But when you sure. actually start working with them, you'll actually realize they're, they're much more motivated by many other things than money. Right. That's absolutely right. And I I think money is just the easy answer that everyone wants to give, right? Like I care what I get paid. Like you said, you want to make sure the bills are paid, but you also want to feel you're being paid what you're worth. Um, So I think that's sort of the, the knee jerk response to, to, to kind of that crush, that question of, of what motivates someone. And, uh, and, and as you say, I think quickly, as, as you start working with someone, you start to develop an understanding of what really drives them as a person. Um, but you know, that, that being said, I have found it really helpful to, you know, in my regular catch-ups with team members is just keep revisiting the question, you know, like, what is it that, why are you doing this job? Like, what is it that drives you to do this, this thing? Yeah. What, what do you enjoy about the job? What don't you enjoy about the job? You know, how can I make your day, your weekday, um, better uh, and it's really interesting to see the sort of learnings that come from that i think once we once we meet those basic needs of, of income we start to sort of scratch under the surface of of what is truly driving people and i think certainly in, in our case with with a creative team it is it's it's an ability to learn and continue to to improve at, at their craft um and and sort of genuine satisfaction at the work that they're doing um is is, is the most important so far and another thing that can actually be super useful as well is is really looking because when you have a team of creatives some some creatives are good with details but some people are very much not mm-hmm. and sometimes if you have detailed tasks it can actually make sense to get some of the people who are good at those type of tasks to support some other people who are better at other things right mm-hmm. so i i had a client who ran a conference and company and basically they had a huge issue because you know they were every every conference every event they ran they were always like trying to collect receipts and trying to get a, a good financial understanding of how much money they're making and it, it took them forever mm. after each event to actually go around collect the receipts and so on and what what i ended up doing with them was basically they i asked them like who in the company really likes doing this stuff? And they're like, oh, they're all event planners. No one likes doing it. I'm like, I don't believe that. Go and ask your team who likes doing it. And they actually had someone in the team who loved doing it. Right. Interestingly enough, a German girl, but uh, that aside, uh, she <laughs> loved doing that kind of thing. And she actually ended up doing it for the whole team. And what happened was 
it went from being the absolute weakness to being mm-hmm. the absolute strength because it wasn't particularly time consuming, but you know, she built a system and everyone in the team was so happy that she did it for them. Sure. So, so they appreciated her big time because it took one of the very difficult pain in the ass kind of thing away from them. Yeah. And I think that's a very, very good way to think about as well when you're dealing with creatives or often in business salespeople in a similar situation, a lot of sure. time a salespeople get like an admin or, you know, like we, we, in my outsourcing company, we actually work with some salespeople who have a VA and basically mm-hmm. what they do every time they leave a customer meeting, they literally record a voicemail telling the VA everything to do and, you know, send this item, do this thing, put in this calendar reminder. And, you know, they, they basically unload as soon as they walk out of the meeting because the likelihood that they don't forget things is a lot bigger whereas if they wait till they get back to the office or whatever mm-hmm. usually they forgot half of the things and you know they deliver the wrong things and, and typical things that that some salespeople struggle with all right yeah but that's a very good way of sort of getting team members to support each other no absolutely i think that's it's that's really cool and and that's that yes yeah, definitely what i'm i'm trying to do all the time is just remove the barriers to allow these creative folks to do their creative work yeah, I can certainly relate to that as a creative person. Like I'd much rather just do the thing than worry about all the craft that goes alongside it. So, um, yeah. Cool. Cool. What's, uh, I mean, you, you said you've found a good team, any particular hiring advice for the audience in terms of like what you've done in your recruitment process to find these excellent people? Yeah, it's been, like I said, uh, kind of, the, the pattern we've seen is that um, hiring for experiences is not is not the way to go. So that actually makes the the hiring process, or it did originally, really kind of daunting in a way because it's like how do I how do I go through these hundreds of uh, resumes and and understand? Because what we what we tend to find is when we put an advert up for a job, we get an awful lot of applications because podcasting is cool, right? Like it's just one of those industries that a lot of people tend to, especially at the moment, it's a it's a, a very uh, sort of trending medium and and so a lot of people are flocking towards it and, and are really interested in the roles there um and and the, the 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 sort of opportunity it affords to to do creative and interesting work so we get a lot of applicants which is a great problem to have i'm very um lucky in that but it means that we're looking you know down the barrel of a couple of hundred cvs at sometimes um and trying to understand who is a good fit and who isn't um which you know is a challenge at the best of times what I've, yeah, as I say, what I found is that it's much more, it's, it's about the passion that someone conveys and the energy with which they, they kind of um, give the application and the aptitude they show for creativity in general, rather than specifically in the medium of podcasting. So what, what I've set up is a, a, a kind of automated system, um, actually heavily based off a, a system that kind of um, Noah Kagan outlined on, on his YouTube channel. Um, I can dig yep. out the link maybe, but, uh, but I just really liked it. It's, it's just a way of, um, basically, you know, setting up some, some simple kind of, um, uh, templates in, in, in Gmail and setting up a few zaps so that things connect to everything. And, and I don't have to be doing a lot of legwork or my VA doesn't have to be doing a lot of legwork and there's sort of things don't fall the crack, fall through the cracks. Um, so what that looks like is, is, um, basically giving people the opportunity to show us the kinds of work that they can do. So, we've received um, CVs that display a huge amount of kind of really relevant uh, experience. And then the person that we work with right now, our, our writer, um, our sort of lead writer and producer is an absolute rock star. She had zero related experience in podcasting. And honestly, when she reached out, her email said, you know, her cover letter said, look, 
I don't have a lot of experience in podcasting, but I'm really excited about this opportunity and I, and I, and I, I think I'd be a great fit for it. Um, I thought the likelihood was extremely low, and, but I said to her, hey, look, we are looking for someone with, with at least some direct experience here. So I, I doubt that you're going to be a fit, but by all means, here's the application. Um, give it a go and, uh, and, and I'll, I'll definitely look at it. She sent us the most detailed response that anyone had and I had to give it the, the I had to give, do her the, the, the sort of the justice of, of, of paying it the attention it deserved. So I read through it and it was just incredible work that she'd done, um, you know, a huge amount of preparation that gone into it. Um, and so that sort of led me down the path of speaking to her, you know, after spending some time on a call, it turned out that she was very much a cultural fit. So I guess in answer to your question, the, the best way that we found to sort of, um, uh, filter people is through two mechanisms. The first one is, is, well, it's sort of two things of the same mechanism. It's basically setting a task for them to do that's directly relevant to the work that they're going to be doing. So in our case, in the case of specifically hiring a writer for a podcast, we wanted to know that they could write a script and, um, and come up with a concept for a new podcast. So we said, here's this invented uh, client and invented show, you know, come up with a concept for the first episode. What this shows us is two things. Obviously, firstly, it shows their aptitude for the content and their ability to, to understand not only the subject that we set them. And in this example, we, we said, make a show about AI. So they, they had to go and understand the topic of AI and present that information in a cohesive and, and good way. So we were understanding, could they research and understand topics? We were understanding, do they understand podcasting? Do they, do they get how we're going to convey this in, information in this specific medium and what would make an interesting and engaging episode and, and how that kind of is relevant to the brand? But also, and really importantly, it shows how much they care um, and, and, and what work they're willing to put into it. You, you'll get some people that'll send a couple of sentences saying, I think I would do this and this and this and, and sort of call it good at that. Um, you know, we're not interested in working with those people. We're interested in working with people that, with, that are really passionate about podcasting and enjoy the application process as much as they would enjoy doing the work when they get the job. So um, that's a really easy filter. You know, if you've got a short answer, you're probably not going to cut it. So we'll move on. Um, so I think that's been a really, really kind of big piece for us. Uh, obviously, spending time speaking with people in face-to-face is a very important way to understand if they're a cultural fit, if, you know, if they communicate well, if you get along and you're happy to hang out with this person every day. Um, but for us, it's been, yeah, really setting that, that work for someone to do. And, and at first I felt kind of uncomfortable doing that. I was like, well, I'm, I'm asking these people to do work for free, but no, again, the people that want this role, they, they want this role because they love the work. And so spending a few hours preparing something for an application is fun for them also. And, uh, and so we don't need to feel guilty about, kind of um, setting those tasks up front. So that's, that's been the sort of key learning for me in the process that we use. Yeah, and one, one of the things I always say is you want to have people who really want to work for you, mm-hmm. not just want a random work to make money, but someone who want to work for you. That's right. And I, I always tell my clients, like, work a lot on your job at, like, you have to sell your business. You have to make it sound as good as it is. Mm-hmm. And you need to get people inspired to want to do that because a lot of the time, the reason people don't want to do a job ad or don't want to do a lot of test work is because the job ad sounds like any other job ad and they don't know how to differentiate your company from any other company. That's right. But if you actually make a really good job description, you can get, you know, people are generally willing to, to do a lot more to get the job because they're actually excited about it. 
right? That's exactly right. And it, it's so easy to describe your company and describe your the role that you're you have available in very matter of fact terms. Yeah. Um, you know, these are the tasks that you will be doing. Sure, that's important information, but like that's super boring. Like who's going to get yeah. excited about that? So it's much more important. And again, specifically with creative people, it's much more important to kind of paint a picture of, you know, why this is important, why it'll be a satisfying thing to work on, why the work you'll be doing will matter to these brands and how you'll be doing something that's different that you would be doing in any other company. Yeah. Um, and I think we all, as every business owner, we own, we, we offer something completely unique that, that, that no other company, um, offers the opportunity to do. And so, um, I think it's just really trying to be proud of that and, and, and shining a light on it. Like, you know, we, it's very easy for me as a very small business owner, we have a team of five full-time staff outside of myself and a bunch of contractors, but you know, the core team is, is very small. So it would be easy for me to think, well, you know, this doesn't sound very appealing with this tiny company that works with a handful of clients, but actually, no, that's a real selling point to a lot of people. We're a small tight knit team. We do the work that we care about because we're a small team. We can't take on a ton of clients. We're really selective of the people that we work with and we're only interested in doing work that we're really proud of. And that to a creative person is, is a really appealing prospect. Um, So I think, I think kind of, embrace everything about your, your, your business and the, the team that you've created and, and, um, and don't be shy about kind of, um, bigging it up, you know, and talking about the, the benefits that, that you offer, even though to some people that might be a negative, that's a great thing. You want to filter the people that aren't going to be a fit for your, for your team. Exactly. Well, Harry, that's a lot of fantastic advice for all these guys managing creatives and particularly if you're not creative and have to manage a creative, I think this is super, super valuable. Uh, if people are eager to get hold of you or even want to, you know, utilize your podcast service, what, what's the best way to, to get hold of you? Uh, so the best way, all the information on everything we do is at lowerstreet.co. Uh, and I personally hang out on Twitter a lot. You can get me at Podcast Harry. So uh, either of those channels work. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much for joining the podcast today, Harry. That was excellent. Absolute pleasure. Been a been a lot of fun. Thanks, Vance. Fantastic. And to the audience, you'll hear from us again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.